I'm Victoria Doherty, and welcome to the cold. Cold is the way revenge is best served, the way a war was fought, and the way a story should be told. And I do have a story for you today. Um, it's, well, it's a story from my own life, um, and it is about the novel that is child rearing. I mean, and it is an epic novel, let's face it. And it has just so many ups and downs and twists and turns. And it's one of those stories that feels like it's never going to end. And you don't want it to on most days. You don't want it to. But um, the reason I'm thinking about this, well, for one, because, you know, it's the new year and in in this particular year we have a son almost 22 now who's going to be graduating from university we have a 19 year old daughter and we have a 16 year old daughter who next year will be graduating from high school so wow we are really feeling the end of this journey and it has had me well revisiting it for one but revisiting it in a very specific way because one of the things that my husband and I did when each of our children were born is we bought these leather bound journals and you know we bought them for the express purpose of writing about our children's character and their development you know not just uh, having a photo album to put a picture in or you know one of those baby books where you say that you know Charlotte weighs in at 22 pounds and and you know those those little nuggets of information which are important and they're wonderful to have but we really wanted to capture our children's personalities and their characters as they grow and also our own feelings about this experience and um i was thumbing through them and i came across well i came across several entries that I want to share with you. But the first came from God probably about 10 years ago. And, you know, I chronicled how we were lying in bed, my husband and I, and our children's howls and thumps were reverberating from the den. And he turned to me and he said, it feels like it's starting to get away from us. It feels like it's starting to get away from us. And, well, by it, of course, he meant the time that we have with our babes. And, of course, at that point, there was plenty of time left. Our kids were 13, 11, and 8. But the fact of it was that our days of being parents of small children were pretty much behind us. Having passed in this dog-tired blur, now, we weren't exactly missing those early days exactly, um, but, you know, but we're conscious of the passage of time, you know, that it expands like the Big Bang, hurtling away faster with each year. It's the longest, shortest 20 years of your life a friend once told us, and this was back when our kids were merely toddlers, when we were up most nights and and had to nose to wipe or a bath to give or a diaper to change, and time just seemed to crawl by, evidenced only by the stubborn dark circles that had parked themselves under our eyes and would not 
move. And at the time that I wrote um, that 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 little scene, you know, in um, in our oldest child's book, when we were lying in bed there, at that time we were only beginning to feel the hard truth of our friend's observation. No longer were we in the business of being our children's everything. And I think if pressed, our two older kids could have probably survived without us. I mean, maybe not well or happily or comfortably, but could they have eked by? I think with a mixture of pride and dejection, I would have had to have answered yes. I could see it in their closed doors and hear it in their self-possessed laughs to jokes that we were no longer in on. Our children were needing us less. The cuddles came at their convenience, and they had secrets. As I thumbed through my middle daughter's book, I came upon a little scenario that I captured that probably would have happened right around the time of the the one I just described. I was watching through my rearview mirror as my middle daughter, Charlotte, played dreamily with a naked, brown-haired American girl doll. She had her seatbelt pulled tightly over her hot pink t-shirt, and she sat up tall, flat-chested with the doll perched on her lap. I recorded all of this and how just how breathless I was at her beauty, the way Charlotte whispered to her doll, do you want some chocolate milk? She smoothed her hair and kissed her forehead, just as I had done countless times to her and her sister, and I never wanted that moment to end. And thumbing a few pages more, probably a year or two past that time, I came upon when she went to her first formal dance towards the end of middle school. And she had a date, no less, a nice boy who was funny and upbeat and a good dancer. (laughs) And whatever romance they had consisted mostly of liking each other's goofy posts on Instagram and meeting up at their lockers for a daily download of What's Up. She wasn't fully in the swing of teendom yet then, with the eye rolls and the makeup and the obsessive texting. But her doll days were already over, and it had only been a few pages in the book. I chronicled how she didn't even move her dolls, including her once beloved nudist surrogate daughter, into her new room when she checked out of the space that she used to share with her younger sister. Joe likes to play with them, she said, and I want to put pictures of Paris up in my room. I was genuinely excited for the way she wanted to take a bite out of life and hoped that she would continue to share her stories and passions with me, at least the ones that she was willing to share. And she did. But still, every day felt more like the giving tree. 
if it weren't for the wonders of this journey, I think I would be inconsolable in the way I've been downgraded, unable to hear the awe in my husband's voice when he comments about our children's independence. But I do hear it. And his excitement is infectious. And it is all over the pages of our personality chronicles, as I'll call as I'll call it, you know, those those leather journals, um, the way he would point out how gratifying it is to witness the emergence in them of an interior life, that they could draw comfort from solitude that didn't consist only of imaginary play and fantasy, you know, the way it slowly gave us reprieve from their once constant demands for amusement or attention. How riveting it was to listen as our children transcended the sort of hysterically idiotic conversations that we would overhear from the back of the minivan over the years, driving headlong into exchanges about politics, the fallacy of reality TV, or the effects of divorce on friends who are going through that particular family crisis. I chronicled about eavesdropping on my daughter's Skype debate with a friend about the virtues of Rembrandt versus a female artist like Georgia O'Keeffe. The discourse then moved to Magritte. None of his stuff is even disturbing before morphing inexplicably into fashion. You never wear jeans, only yoga pants and tennis shoes. What's up with that? It's humbling to find out that your children know more about art than you do. To watch them begin to contemplate not only how their lives are shaped by their environment, you know, food, shelter, an education, a democratically elected government, an intact family, but how they, in turn, can shape the environment around them through acts of kindness and understanding, an ability to own up to their mistakes, and to grow from having to eat the occasional shit sandwich. Clumsily, they learn to grasp how standing up for themselves boldly and aggressively, if need be, can change the power structure in almost any relationship, even the one they have with us. Even now, expressions of love, while less joyful and flagrant, are true and come when we least expect them. I don't think you've ever lied to me, Mom, my son told me. This was right around the time he was actually graduating from high school, and yes, I did write this down in our personality books too. How could I not, right? Because afterwards he added, well, You did lie about Santa and the Easter Bunny. Have you ever lied to me, I asked? Uh, can I plead the fifth? I was impressed that he even knew what the Fifth Amendment was. So yes, there is so much to find in the transformation that we're witnessing and ultimately responsible for. 
But my husband and I can't deny what we're leaving behind either. While we've always bragged about what great empty nesters we'll make, even Jack, my husband, now acknowledges that he no longer looks quite so forward to all of our kids being gone from the nest. Two of them pretty much are. <laughs> um, when they'll be paying their own bills, you know, and leaving us in peace to rediscover our pre-children relationship. Case in point, lately, in addition to dreaming up travels we'd like to embark on together, you know, the quirky road trips to landmarks and remote towns and vistas of godlike splendor, we are starting to just scheme brazenly about orchestrating fantastical trips that'll be too tempting for our children to pass up especially if we're paying. Christmas in Prague, which is the old country, of course, for my family. Trips to Montana, wherever. All the places that they dream about. If we do our job right, and I think we have, my husband says, they might run out of here like they're on fire, but they'll be back. And if not, there's always grandchildren. So, I guess this is the novel that I'm talking about. That's ongoing for us, though it's... Well, this part of it is coming to an end. And um, I just wanted to share that, even though it, it is really not directly about writing or the writing life, but it certainly informs the writing life. And it is certainly an epic story, as I said. And I think that um, these types of retrospectives are important at this time of year. Um, there is, you know, I'll put the relevant um, links back into the show notes. There is a sale going on. And um, once again, if you are enjoying cold, I ask that you follow and that you leave a starred review and tell all your friends about it. Really, word of mouth is the best way to, um, to share our community and to grow our community. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And um, if you would like to become a cold member, um, again, podcasts like this, communities like The Cold, our cold newsletter, everything that um, that we do here um, needs your support in order to continue. Um, have a wonderful week. Happy New Year once again. And yes, 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 we will be talking about New Year's resolutions. As I said, I am still collecting some of those resolutions. I'm whittling them down. I have not decided on my resolution yet. Um, and I will, you know, choose a good handful that give us a great variety. And hopefully we will be able to embark on that resolution journey together and very, very soon. Um, until next time, stay cold, my friends. <laughs>